The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. And we are live. Welcome to Voices of Unity. We are recording not from the tower, as is our usual location. Um, the engineer, myself, and my panel of guests today are all located in their homes, uh, as we are all under the same lockdown as uh, we are experiencing nationwide, and um, and even globally. So it's a you know kind of a maybe a. Let's just call this coffee hour, right? Maybe some people are in their pajamas. Let's all just cozy up. And I know I am so grateful today to have this opportunity to connect um, with some very dear friends and colleagues. And I'm so excited to introduce each one to you who has agreed to be here today. And I'm calling this a power hour because we have masters of consciousness, masters of heart and spirit with us today. And I just know that the listeners who are listening now live and those who will listen in the future are already so blessed by the conversation that will happen here today and and my heart is wide open and I'm ready to be um, inspired and comforted and lifted up um, by my guests and so I'm just going to go down the roster and we're going to begin with Reverend Sunshine Day. Welcome to the show Sunshine. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much, and this is your first time as a guest on Voices of Unity, and so I'm going to share a little bit about uh, about you with my listeners. Um, Sunshine is an ordained minister w- with a master's degree in conscious leadership and an author of Begin Within, a playbook for living your genuine life. Sunshine studied under the guidance of Reverend Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, and Sunshine lives a life of action, serving as professor at Holmes Institute, um, serving on various leadership teams for Centers for Spiritual Living over the past 10 years. And with 33 years of sobriety, she brings spiritual tools and practices to thousands of people in 12-step recovery. In recognition of her generous heart, she was awarded the Jean Letzner Human Relations Award from the California Conference for Equality and Justice and honored by Long Beach Pride as the Female Community Grand Marshal for the Long Beach Pride Parade. And growing up in a diverse part of the Bronx, okay, so there's a switch from East Coast to West Coast, hello, culture shock, Sunshine learned to appreciate each individual's humanness and divinity. And Reverend Sunshine has pursued spiritual ways since childhood, having studied Catholicism, Buddhism, Eastern traditions, and was even a practicing member of the Jehovah's Witnesses for eight years. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I would like for you, so and everyone else gets a heads up, I'm putting you on the spot. I would like for you to offer an affirmation or just a note of blessing, just a nugget, one sentence ah. for this hour. For this hour, what I simply know is that all is in divine order now, period. Amen. Thank you so much. Also, we have Reverend Juan Del Hierro. 
who serves, and he's been on the show before for Hispanic Heritage Month. Juan serves as assistant minister at Unity on the Bay, one of the largest progressive <clears throat> spiritual communities in Florida. Welcome to the show, Juan. I am so excited for this power hour. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to receive from it. <laughs> right? And so Juan's <laughs> calling is that of sacred activism, and he has made Unity, Unity on the Bay one of the most well-regarded progressive spiritual communities in Florida, involving it in issues such as homelessness, child poverty, civic engagement, and equality for the LGBTQ community. And having served on multiple boards, is now serving on the Unity World Headquarters board, along with um, you're on the board of SAVE, and um, let's see, the, you're chair of the LGBTQ task team for Unity Worldwide Ministries. So you are a, a servant in leadership for the movement and for equality. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And would you have an affirmation or a blessing to offer us for this hour? Mm, well, I, this morning I did a guided meditation on connection, so I'm just feeling into that. And so my affirmation for today is we are divine connection. And through that, we experience our wholeness and health. Mm, amen. Thank you for that. And then from Texas, we are welcoming Reverend Ann Tabor, who's been serving as senior minister at Unity of Arlington. Hey, Arlington. Uh, since August 2015. Welcome, Ann. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. So my classmate, my sister Seven from Unity Institute and Seminary, Anne holds a Master of Divinity and is a licensed and ordained Unity Minister, the founder of Daily Fillmore, which has been sharing daily quotes by Unity co-founders Charles and Myrtle Fillmore on Facebook and Twitter since 2012, and also has Spiritual Sassafras, New Thought Reminders, which you can follow on Facebook, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. Before answering her call to ministry, Reverend Anne was a film and TV producer living in L.A., where her primary focus was post-production while working in network television. A few of her credits include Damages, The Twilight Zone, Soul Food, and In the Heat of the Night. Thank you for being here, Anne. Thank you. <laughs> and what affirmation or blessing do you have for us for this hour? Oh, my gosh. This is it, y'all. Say it with me. From the top of my head to the tips of my toes, I am healthy and whole in mind, body, and soul. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Our East Coast is represented by Reverend Charlene Manuel. Welcome to the show, Charlene. Great to be here with you, Jackie. Awesome. Author, speaker, and board consultant. She is a graduate of Unity School of Religious Studies, where she received ordination as a Unity minister in 1995 and went on to serve as a senior spiritual leader for 22 years. In her work, she has encouraged small and large audiences around the world through writings, keynote messages, workshops, and retreats. Currently, Charlene is CEO and founder of One Accord Strategies Incorporated, an organization dedicated to strengthening the capacity of boards of directors and trustees. She is an avid builder of positive relationships in the boardroom to help boards position themselves to live their mission, vision, and organizational values. And we are so blessed to have her on the board of Unity World Headquarters. 
Charlene has, an, has been active in international initiatives, bringing water to villages in Africa, building a school in Haiti, and peace immersion in Costa Rica. She was a presenter at the 2018 Parliament of the World's Religions on Inclusive Leadership for Religious and Spiritual Leaders. I was so thrilled to be a co-host with her for that workshop, and we're going to do it again at the next Parliament, right, Charlene? Yes, we are. <laughs> Author of seven books, including the new release, Boardroom Culture Shock, Seven Strategies to Amplify the Competence and Capacity of Board Culture. But if you ask her of all of her books, which is closest to her heart, that would be her children's book, Do Puppies Pray? Aww. Yeah. Let's give a, let's give a spoiler alert. What's the answer? Do puppies pray? <laughs> yes. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. And what affirmation or blessing do you have for us for this hour? Well, this is easy because someone just sent me a link to a song by Hezekiah Walker. Actually, you can get, see it on uh, YouTube. And the title of the song is Got to Get Better Because God is in Control. And it is a rocking video. You should watch it if you haven't already seen it. Got to get better because God is in control. It is so Awesome. Amen to that. Thank you. Thank you, Charlene. And last but not least on the roster is Reverend Masando Hiroka, who holds a master's in consciousness studies from Holmes Institute. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Masando. Good to be here. Glad my bio was a little bit shorter than the rest. Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> he has a monthly column in the art of the art of being human is his monthly column in the science of mind magazine and is also the first graduate and current chair of mile high church in Lakewood, Colorado. That's the centers for spiritual living church there in the Denver area. Um, he's also chair of the regeneration program that provides mentorship and funding for young adults under the age of 35 who are pursuing the path of becoming a minister and leads the social uplift ministry, which focuses on interfaith engagement, environmental responsibility and nonviolence and human dignity for all such yeah. good activism. Um, what affirmation or blessing do you have for us for this hour? Uh, you know, I think. A good one for me right now is uh, through our consciousness of our oneness, we got this. <clears throat> oh, through our consciousness of our oneness, we got this. Thank you. Love it. All right, people. We are living in unprecedented times, you know, and if I hear that one more time, <laughs> <laughs> and there I went and said it, but, you know, it's, I wake up every morning and, you know, and then 10 minutes later, I, I blink my eyes and, you know, and this is still a thing, right? We are just, I think, in the process of adjusting to a new way of being, a new way of connecting, a new way of thinking in many ways. And so I would just love for each of you to give us kind of a, what's an update or um, get get our, our finger on the pulse of what's happening in your respective communities. You all engage the work of ministry in, in different ways. And so let's just, let's hear from, let's hear from around the country what's happening. Sunshine. Wow. Well, I, I live in Long Beach, California. My community is in Downey, California, and, and actually in, in a lot of parts of Southern Cal. We had a, a listening session on Sunday and most people are just wanting to be supported. I mean, the, the phrases that we're using are physical distancing and socially connecting or social connection and physical distancing. We're not buying into 
that whole social distancing idea. Words are powerful and um, the meanings that we give words are super, super powerful. And so to socially isolate, uh, to socially distance means to isolate and no one in our community wants to isolate. We actually want to socially connect. And so, uh, you know, we heard from our communities that people uh, want some midweek uh, prayer, uh, some check-in and then closing out in prayer, like 30 minute sessions uh, via telephone, via Zoom. They want people to, 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 to call them. Um, there's fear. There's fear of the unknown. And yet folks are recognizing um, through this, you know, through our teaching, through this new thought teaching, that we are actually uh, very connected. Uh, one of the comments was, you know, if, if you didn't think that uh, we were connected before, <laughs> thank you, COVID-19. We are absolutely connected. We are absolutely one. And so now how do we use that recognition to actually create something for humanity that's for the better? So we have some fear and we have some optimism, but we're definitely steeped in prayer and meditation. People are asking for that. I love it. Thank you for that. That's, you know, that's been kind of, <clears throat> the what I've been working with uh, with my communities is the heart knows no distance and it's so easy to lose touch with that um, but we are always connected in in heart you know and through oneness um, but it's so easy as we live our day-to-day -day lives to just lose um, awareness of that and so yes absolutely this is a time to really bring that awareness to the forefront of what's true for us Juan what's happening in your community so, um, so I'm in Miami, uh, Florida, and I think we're the place that has the most cases of coronavirus in all of Florida. Um, mm. So we have a couple of um, more stricter guidelines than the rest of the state uh, that we're dealing with. And so for the last two Sundays, uh, we haven't been congregating for our services, whether Sunday or Wednesday evening. And uh, we are offering those um, stream, you know, on uh, stream streaming those services. And we've also just like uh, was being shared, have realized that this is really a call for us to connect in new and innovative ways that people can really feel into. So we've added uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday prayer calls in the morning. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we were actually doing a 15 minute guided meditation. Um, one of the things that I think we're really um, focusing on this week is, you know, we realize that we have been sort of there with the community and uh, been present for them in some of the programming that we've created. Um, but now we have to really be conscientious more so on creating the space for them to be with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So not just to be with us, the yeah. ministers or, or or our Sunday service, but right. Uh, how can they be together with each other and uh, looking at how to really create that space? Um, but people are resilient. You know, you, yeah. you started off by saying, you know, unprecedented times and how many times we use that phrase. <laughs> and, yeah, there's something unprecedented about the current um, situation we're moving through. But the reality is, is that we have been. Um, through a lot of um, challenges uh, within humanity um, that have created a level of resilience and strength yeah. in us. And we're just trying to really support each other in fully expressing it or, or uh, stepping into it. 
more fully. I love it. Thank you for that. Being with each other, new ways of being with each other, because there's, you know, that as ministers, you know, there's that sort of level of responsibility of bringing people together, of creating space. Um, But the reality, of course, is that everyone's responsible for bringing themselves together, right? We create the space and people show up or not. And so we're having to create that space in a very different way now. Mm. I love it. All right, Anne, what's happening in your community? All right, we'll come back to you, Anne. Um, Charlene, give us an update. What's happening in your community? Well, thanks. First of all, it's good to be on this very esteemed panel of people. I'm excited about that. But thanks, Jackie. Um, Well, you know, my work is with uh, church boards mostly. And so what I'm really looking at is, you know, how do we lead through you know, this, again, unprecedented, unprecedented, you know, change. And it's not just community change, but it's really global change. And how do we lead through that? Um, and, and you know, a lot of books have been written on adaptive leadership, but this is way beyond adaptive leadership. <laughs> I mean, leaders are having to shift on a dime, yeah. you know, on a yeah. news announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we do that? And how do we do that prayerfully? How do we do that? with discernment, but then also to shift and, and, and really pivot very quickly, being mindful of the external imposed change that we're facing, but that we have internal responsibilities and, and opportunities to be of service with people. And so how do we do that? And that's been um, amazing to watch. Um, leaders just move very quickly and make the decisions that need to be made and people coming together in such a way that, um, you know, they can still lead and and uh, do the work that needs to be done. And it's not an easy place to be because it's you're, you're actually kind of chasing a moving target because mm-hmm. things keep changing and you're trying to, you know, get to the next, you know, space of, you know, adjusting and then it changes again. <laughs> Yeah, so, like those um, pivotal moments keep coming right at us. Right? Exactly, exactly. But what is amazing to see is the strength and the courage and the willingness of yeah. of our leaders to just kind of step into that moment and you know you know gather all the strength and the courage, make the decision, and then move and just just keep it going. So it's amazing to watch that. But it is there are some powerful lessons in leadership. And I'm, I'm, I know after we're past this, there are going to be books on leadership that oh, are going yeah. to talk about all of this in such a way that, um, you know, could not have happened with the kind of experience that we're going through now. So there's an excitement on the one hand and then there's a nervousness on the other hand. It's like, am I making the right choice? But being mm-hmm. very clear. You don't really have time to sit and make a long-term decision on this. It's like, we got to move, people. We got to move now. Let's make the decision and keep it moving. Yeah. Thank you for that. It is. These pivotal moments keep coming right at us. And, um, yeah, it really invites us into a different level of leadership. And to people who maybe even aren't normally in a leadership position are having to step up and into that. Um, Anne, I see that your mic is off now. Catch us up what's happening in your community. Thank you, Jackie. So I'm in uh, Arlington, Texas. And, um, you know, when you were reading my bio, you mentioned that one of my credits was the Twilight Zone. And and, (laughs) 
I kind of been feeling like, you know, we're living in the twilight zone a little bit or maybe a lot here uh, recently. But, you know, in in that world, that's an alternate universe, right? Yeah. And it's all wrapped up, you know, within 22 minutes. But uh, we are now living this, as so many of us have just shared, from moment to moment. It is changing, uh, like in the blink of an eye. I, I want to say a little over a week ago, the number of COVID-19 cases in Texas was under 100. And when I checked this morning, because I will only look every couple of days, uh, is over 800. Um, so last Sunday was our uh, first um, our first to honor the uh, not doing any in-person gatherings. And just like Charlene said, I am one of those leaders. I had to really shift my gears. Um, and I will say thank God for Facebook Live. Oh, wait. There you go. You're there. You just went kind of blank okay. for a second. Okay. Was it something I said? Twilight <laughs> <laughs> Zone? Um, I don't know where I was in that, but, um, you know, like Charlene said, I, you know, I am one of those leaders who really just had to shift on a dime very quickly. And so I just want to say thank God for Facebook Live uh, and thank God for Zoom. Um, and so I've been doing more uh, video work, just reaching out to people, which is that is way outside my comfort zone. Um, even though my former career was in television, I worked behind the camera. Um, so I'm stepping into that, and I hope that other people see that and and want to to do the same with regard to Zoom. Um, we're looking at how our small group ministry. We're um, we work with uh, Mindy Odlin's Spirit Groups model, so we have. Uh, you know, groups that want to meet. So we're in the process of setting that up. So thank God for technology. Um, and the other thing is, we all know we're not going to go back to what was. We are creating a new. Right. Are you there? Can you? Okay, there you go. We, were, we yeah. are creating. We are creating a new normal. Um, and I think that there's something really exciting about that. Um, just one other thing I, I had prepared to do a prosperity series, uh, just about the time this started a few weeks ago. And, you know, all I want to say is like, who doesn't want to preach a prosperity ser series in the midst of a global pandemic? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because our teaching, you know, uh, our teaching tells us that from the, per the spiritual perspective, health and wealth are the same thing. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Prosperity is not just money. It's not just stuff. Health and wealth are the same thing. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Ann. Masando, what's happening in your community? Yeah. So we're at Mile High Church. It's a pretty big church. Uh, we probably have about 4,000 active members. So one of the things we're doing is we're calling every single one. We have about 2,000 wow. petitioners. Uh, that have all signed up to receive a, f a few sheets, anywhere from 16 to even 100 names, uh, where we're just reaching out, right? And if, if it just goes to their voicemail, that's fine. But in a large church, we're really trying to ensure that we're staying connected with everybody, right? In the midst yeah. of that, we're streaming our services. We've done two weeks of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm the outreach person, so I've been communicating with our nonprofit partners, with uh, legislators, with other faith leaders, just making sure we're all sort of up to date with, with the latest and greatest is, which changes like on the hour. Right. right? So right. our leadership has really had to pivot 
every single day. So in many ways, we're trying to keep the ship afloat. But mm-hmm. in other ways, we are like really um, relying upon ingenuity, creativity, adaptability, and excitement to lead us forward, right? Because, you know, in many ways, this is scary. Mm-hmm. But in, in so many other ways, this is an invitation to like an expansion of ministry in the way that I feel like we have been sort of asking ourselves in the church world, in the new thought movement to, to really step into, right. In a deeper yes. way. Yes. So there's an invitation for that where it's like, okay, we're being maybe pushed outside of our comfort zones here with our use of technology, with the ways in which we're connecting with people, maybe even with the story that we have that virtual ways of connecting aren't the same or aren't enough. Right. Right. And so for me, it's like, okay, that could be true or maybe or couldn't be or maybe it's only partly true. Right. Like maybe there are ways to connect that can actually benefit each other and maybe even benefit the planet a little bit more, too. I'm really interested in seeing how the environment is just like healing in the midst of all of this. And maybe maybe systems changes will happen as a result of this. So, you know, we're we're on the fly. We're, We're sort of like. Let's create as much content as we can. We have a huge staff. Let's put it out there. Let's be as creative as we can. Let's be supportive as we go. Let's be willing to make mistakes along the way um, mm-hmm. and and embrace this moment. I love that, being willing to make mm. mistakes along the way because we are shifting um, you know, every in, in every sort of microcosm <laughs> across the country, people are shifting. You know, at Unity Village, we've gone, you know, only essential staff are on site. Uh, my communications department has been off site. This is week two. And, um, you know, and we're having to shift priorities and how we do things and, um, and, and also be present to one another as each of us is, you know, experiencing this in our own personal ways. And so we are... We are all being called in real time, you know, to meet those pivotal moments and to show up for it, to try new things. And so, yeah, we got to be willing to, like, mess it up and, and just, like, get to it now. And, and then we, we're gonna, I think we're going to have enough time in this overall scenario that we're in that we're going to be able to adjust and improve and, um, and learn, which will benefit everyone. Um, hey, guys, we have a caller. So um, Andy is calling in and we're going to get him on. Oh, I'm hearing music. Is that time for our break? Hey, Louie, that's time for our break. So we'll take the caller after our break. We're going we're gonna to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a few minutes with this amazing guest panel and a caller. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. And we are back, and I've got this amazing panel of New Thought Ministers, Reverend Sunshine Day, Reverend Ann Tabor, Juan Del Hierro, Charlene Manuel, and Misando Hiroka, and we have a caller, so let's get Andy on the line. Hi there, Hello, I'm here. Andy. Hi. How's it going? I got to say... I gotta say, I'm a little bit intimidated by this amazing panel. <laughs> um, my question isn't so much a question as 
uh, it is a topic, and a lot of you guys have already kind of touched on it just here and there. Um, I want you to talk more about the spiritual repercussions and the evolution of the ministries when it comes to technology. Do you think we'll see um, more, dare I say, millennials show back up digitally, uh, or will you think, dare I say, boomers kind of be phased out a little bit more? It's uh, a question I've been thinking about a lot, being being a person that helps a lot of people online and get live streams going. Um, do you think that that will become the norm? Oh, that's a great question. And so, you know, we're just a few weeks into this, so I don't know that um, anyone has been able to see a trend, but are you, um, you know, we know our New Thought Churches sort of skew to the older um, side in terms of um, congregants. Um, are they responding to, how are they responding to um, connecting digitally? You know, um, so this is Juan. I want to say, uh, I was uh, hearing what the other panelists were sharing, and I really think that, um, as has been said, this has really pushed us in our faith communities, in our spiritual communities, to do what we have um, been thinking we needed to step into, um, and maybe we're just a little bit too shy to do it and to try it out and fear of failure. So I think moving now uh, to the virtual churches or virtual communities and doing live streams is going to continue to grow and we're going to learn the ways in which we can continue to uh, allow people to feel connected in those ways. Um, and I think that it's going to be the new normal for us, as Anne was mentioning. Um, but I think we are going to go back to the physical stuff for those that need the physical space. Um, um, but I think what this is really doing for us, it's helping us actually um, reach more people. You know, the fact that the the hardcore congregants that were going to at least Unity on the Bay on every Sunday for every service are now um, at home and sharing the videos. You know, um, we uh, one of the things that we made a change in was we used to only live stream one of our two, uh, three Sunday services. Now we're live streaming each one of them, right? And that has created also a new audience because the audience that will see it in the morning uh, live compared to the ones that we'll see it in the afternoon live are different. So I think it really is going to expand our reach um, to then be able to figure out the ways of continuing to support all those people that we've reached from all the different groups. And we're going to have to learn how to really support as many of those groups in feeling connected and finding um, uh, finding themselves empowered into their spirituality. I love it. Anyone else want to weigh in? Yeah, this is Sunshine. You know, with uh, with uh, lots of our communities, as, as you said, the age range is different. And so thanks, Andy, for, for that question, because what comes to mind for me is some of the platforms that we're using. We don't live stream. Um, we, we use Zoom. So, of course, we have a captured audience or people within our reach via email or some of our advertisement. And people could either use the telephone. A lot of our seniors use the telephone. Some of our seniors had uh, young people at home who could help them get on a Zoom call and we were able to see one another. I think the, uh, both large and small, I'll call it, uh, you know, mega, mega streaming 
you know, where you reach the masses, but I think it's also important, the small groups and the smaller groups and the medium-sized groups and making those connections there. Um, what what uh, intrigued me about Andy's question was, what you know, was, was there gonna be any spiritual repercussion from like the millennials or the boomers or do I think that they're gonna be coming back to centers and churches? And it's hard to say. Um, however, um, you know, it's all about the questions that they're asking themselves based on what's happening in the media. You know, if there's a God, why is God letting this happen? Why is this happening to me? If you're someone who's, you know, who, who's been um, exposed to COVID-19 personally, you know, why is this ha happening to me? Like, really, why is this happening to me? And so I think that one of the things that our teaching has the opportunity to offer is that we can uh, reframe the question, not why is this happening to me, but why is this happening for me? What is it? Uh, what is this gift of COVID-19? Why is it? You know, what is it that we're here to to learn or experience? What's the lesson that it's bringing? What are the challenges that it's bringing? What's the deeper meaning here? And so I think that uh, with a message of 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 what is this doing for us and what is this bringing to us? What is willing to? What is seeking to be birthed through this experience of COVID-19? that we can actually attract folks who are actually looking for deeper meaning, deeper connections, and another way of looking at what's happening in our world other than from a place of victimization, um, but from a place of, you know, what's my part here? Because clearly we are interconnected. So what, you know, what's my role here? What do I get to do? How do I get to see this? And so um, that's, that's what it, it brings up for me. So I, you know, I'm really grateful for Andy for that question because it, it just brings up a lot of that conversation. It may draw folks to our communities. Um, and then again, it may draw folks away from our communities because we're taking responsibility for what we create here. And some people just want to believe that things are happening to them and want to stay in that victim role. So it can go either way. Yeah, Jackie, this is Charlene. Um, I, I certainly agree with the, everything that uh, Juan and Sunshine said, too. But one of the things that I want to just presence is, again, from the leadership standpoint, we as spiritual leaders, I think, you know, because we're in this moment and a lot is happening, a lot is changing, a lot is moving, is to um, be mindful not to fall into the thinking of we're just we just want to get through this, to not fall into that level of thinking, but um, how do we move through this and use this as a creative time to whatever is uh, attempting to come forth through us uh, as a society, really, how can we be a part of a co-creative process that's going to, yes, it's going to all be different, it's going to be new, but it's going to be exactly what we need. And so to just to caution leaders to not fall into Let's just get through us, get through this and see what happens and see what's left. You know, how do we pick up the pieces after? But let's be in creative mode. We're creating something and to stay in that. And I know that's difficult because we're in the midst of it. 
But I think that'll be the challenge for, for leaders to say, yeah, let's be in creative mode because we're going to create something that we've never seen before. And it's just going to be awesome beyond what we have ever imagined. I love that, Charlene. You know, the question I worked with um, in my talk this past Sunday was, um, when this is over and we, and we resume some normalcy and, and physical connection going back to work and these kinds of things, who do I want to have been, like, as I look back over, you know, the last few months at that point, my future self? And I'm asking that question as a leader, and I love that you're bringing that forward, you know, from that leadership perspective, um, because I was asking that question so that I would think about it, think it through. And it is, it calls you into that creative mode of, um, uh, so whatever I can envision then and what I want those answers to be, that pulls me into the present moment. Now, how can I create that? And how can I step into that? And that's getting into that flow. So I love that. Thank you for yeah. bringing that forward. And thank you, Andy, for the question. Very good question. You know, and I think we've kind of teed ourselves up here. You know, Sunshine kind of got into it and in terms of how um, we, you know, tend to, like spiritually, we work with that question of, uh, this is not happening to us, it's happening for us. Um, you might even say it's happening through us. So what is the it that is happening? And and let's talk about spiritual bypass and and faith and, and let's define spiritual bypass. Um, Anne, you want to give that a go? Why, certainly. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think um, one thing that really comes to mind here is uh, for for us as spiritual leaders, as ministers, um, one thing that we also need to be very mindful of and heartful of, uh, which is all under the umbrella of uh, spiritual bypass, is also not just throwing out platitudes. Uh, you know, I love being inside the warm, fuzzy unity bubble just as much as anyone else, right? Um, but to just oh, God's got this. It's all good. Uh, you know, I think to someone who's in the trench of, you know, living on a ventilator right now, that's very uh, impersonal and uh, not helpful. Um, so I think that one of the things that we have to do is find the language, find um, the heart space, the God space in which to uh, literally give words to some of this. You know, I like to say it's all fine and good, right? Till you come across Myrtle Fillmore's chapter called No Incurable Disease uh, in her book, Healing Letters. Um, and that, you know, uh, this is where our teaching is that we do have the God power, we do have the God love, we do have, uh, you know, there is enough good in this world. Um, but we have to manage that. We are responsible for managing the flow of of the good that is coming uh, coming from us. So, you know, the idea of spiritual bypass, I think, uh, for us as leaders, you know, our congregants are looking to us in these moments um, and we're stretching our, our wings. And I think we really have to start with language. Um, one thing I would like to just touch on, too, um, because I, I, I hear it so often. And Jack, you may have even referred to it earlier. The word lockdown. Um, I have some colleagues and minister friends who do prison ministry. I've not done prison ministry, um, but for those that are in prison ministry, you know, that word lockdown has a complete 
a completely different meaning than the way we're using it, right? We're not really locked down. I mean, I can walk out of my house. I can go to the grocery store. You know, thank goodness, you know, there are those that are on the front lines, the doctors, the nurses, you know, those that are uh, restocking the, uh, the grocery shelves. So, you know, I think simple things like that um, are things that we as leaders can take a look at and challenge ourselves to be a little more creative. I yeah. love that. What, yeah, yeah Masanda, jump in. It's like, uh, you know, I think our, our teaching both has incredible power, but I think we have to also acknowledge the risk that we can take if we fall into platitudes, right? Like if through our own fear, we go to a place of spiritual bypass, which kind of is just like denial um, it's of, of what is, right? Or, or it's not acknowledging the deep human experience of what is. Right. And so I think we have to, in our teaching, be careful of that as we're, you know, engaging with this pandemic crisis, which is what it is. Right. And I think as leaders, um, we have to humble ourselves enough to not be the experts in the room, to rely upon the experts in the world who are informing us. Right. But then to know our lane, to know our lane is to remind people of their creative power to remind people of the God presence that is deep within them in the midst of what feels like isolation socially, but is actually just isolation physically, that allows us to lean into something deeper where anytime we come into a personal uh, moment of unknowing, right, where we can lean into the principles that allow us to move forward in our lives and to do so in a way that is exciting, that is co-creative, uh, but is really also taking what is very seriously, right? So I think we're uniquely poised in that we have an understanding of the co-creative power of the universe and how each one of us is a part of that. We are uniquely poised in understanding uh, of this idea of oneness, because if there is any spiritual idea that is being thrown at us right now, it's about our inter dependence our interconnection and our oneness as a species and that like we can't we're not we're not living on an island every single one of our personal decisions matter right now and that's what our teaching you know really believes is that like each one of our decisions each one of our points of consciousness in this great web of consciousness matters right has an effect on the whole um and so i think we're coming through another spiral of evolution a uh, hundred years after you know new thought really developed uh and it came out of you know sort of medical crises as well uh, but i think we're hitting this moment where med the medical field has advanced a lot in a hundred years so we need to rely upon them and we have to rely upon a deeper power within each one of us too so i'm really excited for this moment and uh, i have to be really real as much as i can not to try to bypass uh, into some platitude of everything's going to be okay um uh, when uh, I, I know that there's some deeper wisdom that's seeking to come through uh, rather than that. I love that, that you're calling that the, the presence of both. Like we can be really excited for, you know, creative opportunities and, and how we might step forward into a different way. And, um, you know, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, so I love new things and I love, you know, to, to really dive in. Um, and, you know, there's a very big part of me that's, you know, terrified for my, you know, like my loved ones and how is this going to impact me personally and my children, my family, you know, people I love, people I work with and, and just the greater community when we, when I hear the numbers and the projections of, 
you know, how many deaths there may be, or, you know, how many people will become ill. I mean, that's, those numbers uh, represent facts and not truth, capital T truth, but they represent facts and a level of what's real, you know, of reality of what we, you know, may be experiencing very soon and, and working with the unknown, uh, being real of what's possible with what's possible, but also staying grounded and rooted in, um, in that capital T truth, um, that at the same time, what is also possible and, and how can I show up in this way? Yeah. Um, Jackie, what I was, um, one of the things that was coming up for me also, especially this week, um, in the idea of being real and no platitudes, um, is also recognizing that, um, there's a certain level of privilege that I have that shows up sometimes in how I speak about our principles, our practices, right? Like I'm at home. Um, I, I'm, I'm financially stable. Um, there's a lot of ways in which I have more privileges than other individuals. And so how do we really speak about our principles um, from a very um, uh, deep space of empathy for the issues oh, that other good. people so are good. having? Um, and how yeah, that I mean, shows like up. Yeah, well, one thing I've been thinking about is like, okay, so let's this bring this down. Like, to someone who is in lockdown and shelter in place, in home, in quarantine with their abuser, how do we say? How do we answer the question? What's in it for you? And so all is well, right? <laughs> right, right. How do we say that? To, you know, I mean, it's it is. I'm so glad you, that you called out the privilege part of it because there are people who are not sure they're going to be able to reopen their businesses. There are people who are, you know, whose homes are in not a safe place and who are not able to work from home. So their income, you know, has been stripped from them suddenly. And, um, and, and I believe 100% in our, in our teachings and we have to be really, um, empathetic and sensitive to how we speak them right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such a, it's such a, it's, it's such it, it's a call for me to be super, super tender with my heart and to speak from a place of, of compassion and seek to understand, right? Like that's where the St. Yes, Francis compassion. of Assisi's uh, prayer comes in, you know, that I may seek to understand rather than to be understood. And how, yeah. how even in those moments, um, you know, bring in the question, like, what, you know, what is, you know, what, what can this be? Like, what can it be? And, and is there any part of this that, that um, where I can surrender and open up in, even in the pain with the abuser, or even with my business might close and I might not have enough. Like, um, is there a place of such exhaustion that, um, that I might be a listening ear to even, um, help someone go to the point of, wow, what, what can be in this for me? Like truly, truly this place of surrender to open up to that spark, to that idea. Um, again, not bypassing the realness of the experience, um, mm-hmm. yet also being this gentle guide, being really, really there and present. Like, is there something in that that is so covered up um, that we're not seeing or that um, is available 
that just needs a little um, gentle, you know, brushing away, like kind of how you would brush a baby's hair back from their forehead when it's in their eyes. It's like, here, let's, let's, let's move that out of your eyes a little bit so that we could uh, possibly see a different experience. And it has to be so skillfully done. Uh, and I say skillfully, but it's just really lovingly done. And sometimes we don't even get a chance to, to do that or say that because it's still such a tender, tender spot. But even being present with someone, I think, is, is important enough uh, to, to heal, to bring about a healing. Like, you're not alone. I love that. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Hey, hey we, we have another caller. So I'm going to invite Samantha on the line. Yes, yes. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good morning. Wonderful, Samantha. Oh, my God. This has been such an amazing... Um, I've been tuning in and out because I'm, like, getting up and and uh, and just kind of starting my day. And, and, and this is so wonderful to wake up to, you know, especially in this really interesting time that we're going through right now. I've never really experienced any anything like it. Um, but... My question, I had, I had a question for everyone. So as, as, uh, as leaders, especially during this interesting time, I was wondering um, how, are, how are you guys um, stepping out? Um, well, first of all, how, what, what does your spiritual practice look like for you in order to step out into these larger communities that you affect or that you have um, – you know, that you have power to, to kind of, um, you know, just, just be, be, a, be like a breath of fresh air. Uh, how, how, what does your spiritual practice look like for you in order to be able to step out and be support for others, you know, in a creative manner? Uh, that's can, a great you know, question. Just... Yeah, that's a great question. So let's just go around the panel. We'll start with uh, Charlene and um, talk to us. And, and I think uh, just take a few seconds because we're coming to the end of the show. Um and but I, I want to hear maybe if your spiritual practice has changed or if it stayed the same as you share what what mm-hmm. it is, Charlene. Yeah. Uh, yes, spiritual practice of always prayer and meditation, of course, in my daily times of silence. But for me, I think one of the important thing is number one, keeping things in perspective, to know what I what is mine to do, what I can do, and those things that are simply out of my physical control, to keep that in perspective and realize that there are a lot of things happening on the external that I cannot control. So to not um, um, reduce my energy to trying to change things that just are beyond what are uh, under what I can control. And then the other part I would say is having a support system in place where there are people that I can call. And if I am feeling fearful or unsure, people who will love me through that rather than judge me and just kind of let me get it out and say, and then I can take a deep breath and then move on. But to have a support system is extremely important, I think, at this time as well. Thank you for that. Ann Tabor. Um, I want to answer that question, but before, because the idea of someone being um, in uh, in a home with an abuser came up a couple of times, I want to just offer this. If that is if that is you and that is your scenario, you can always reach out to the National Domestic uh, Violence Hotline, which is one eight hundred seven nine nine safe. 
Um, so there are ways that you can reach out and uh, get some guidance there. Um, in terms of my own spiritual practice, I would say that at least in this last week or so, things haven't changed dramatically, but I am going deeper into this practice. And one thing I find myself um, um, saying is I'm available, God, I'm available. I'm available uh, to divine guidance and wisdom of how I can show up um, better, deeper, differently. Um, and I'm available for my own spiritual growth and to be there for others. Thank you, Anne. And thank you for giving the, the phone number there. Masando, what's, what's up for you in spiritual practice? A uh, simple one for me right now is just unplug. Take time every day to take breaks from the news, uh, to unplug, and then from everything that's going on and just reconnect uh, with yourself and with whatever uh, interpretation of spirit that you currently have. Just take that time every day uh, in whatever way that you do that. I love it. Thank you, Juan. So I uh, love Matthew uh, 18, verse 20, for where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Uh, for me, actually, it's the same as I've done prayer and meditation, but actually being there in support of people is part of my spiritual practice. And I'm getting a lot more opportunity to do that. Um, and I think that's what we're all being invited into. How are we now relating to each other from a place of knowing that is our spiritual practice? Ah, oh, that's and that music means that our time is up. So, Sunshine, I'm going to ask you and, and each of you, if you would go into the event on Facebook and, and type in the comments of what your spiritual practice is and, and the affirmation that you shared today for the listeners. That would be amazing. So until next time, we're all invited to tune in and tune up and Thank you, thank you, thank you for each of the panelists. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.